This week on the Boag World Show, we get organised. Whatever your role, the need to be organised is obvious, and so we explore this soft skill in more depth. This week's show is sponsored by OmniFocus for iOS and Gather Content. Welcome to the Boag World Show, a podcast about all aspects of user experience design, digital strategy, and working in digital. My name is Paul Boag, and joining me on the show, as always, is Marcus Lillington. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Paul. I like the fact that you were late to the show about being organised. I wasn't late! <laughs> we started to the minute exactly when I said we were Ooh, going to. Oh, it's so easy to, to wind you in on that one. Fishing got, caught you. I, I just, uh, today has been one, one of those manic days, and and I made the mistake. It was really cold, wasn't it? So I made the mistake of lighting the fire in my study, and now I, I yeah. I, if it wasn't for the fact I was doing a podcast, I would be sitting here naked because it, I'm just dripping. No, I thought you were going to sleep there, Paul, not naked. What a horrible thought. Don't talk to me about heating anyway. Mine keeps kicking out because obviously, yes, it has been cold. Put it on, so everything's lovely, fine. And then I go around and I look at the boiler and it's flashing a light at me. And I I reset it and it it comes on again. It's like, oh, there's something wrong. Yeah, well, it's this time of year, isn't it? It's everybody turns their heating on for the first time and it turns into a nightmare. I tell you, life's difficult, Marcus, isn't it? I'm just, I've got, mm-hmm. it's like you can't win, can you? What was it? Like three or four episodes ago, we were, you know, going, oh, it's not a lot of work. Or mm. I'm having to turn work away. It's horrible. Shouldn't be allowed. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm very distressed. Uh, but it's interesting. Isn't literally it? no one cares about that, Paul. <laughs> to be honest, like, it's really difficult to do, isn't it, to turn away work? I always think. Don't you? No, it's just me. Yeah, the best way to do it is just to try and work it out. You know, can you push it along a little bit? Because often people say they need it next week, but they mean next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, so I, the other thing, not all of the work, however, that I'm turning away, I'm turning away because I can't fit it in. Um, some of it I'm turning away because oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> you really aren't winning any friends. Look, Paddy says throw it our way. Yeah, ours the same. Yeah, give it to us, Paul. <laughs> well, I don't know whether it's the kind of work that I could. I don't know, but it's like do you know. Don't you don't you ever get those kind of calls from clients or or, or someone reaches out to you and it just smells wrong for some mm-hmm. reason and you think. Uh, perhaps I'll just walk away from this one. That's what I mean by can't be asked. That, and that's fair enough. You're using your long experience and intuition. Yeah. I've no idea whether I'm right or not, but you know, you just think it's going to turn into more hassle than it's worth, isn't it? So yeah, but it's amazing what happens when you do do that, that sometimes you see this complete turnaround in attitudes. There is something about like being hard to get, I don't know. Uh, Do you know going, what I mean? Going here, naked pool, hard to get oh, pool. In your dreams. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, I walked into but that. But of course, yes. If if you if you say to, say to someone, no, you can't have that, then instantly they want it. Yeah, that's just it's, humans. It's really interesting. <laughs> Takes a lot of confidence, mine. You, I think you need the fact that I've got a kind of you know you've got savings behind you and you've built up a war chest in the business makes it a bit easier. And also, I think if you've got quite a robust sales pipeline sales funnel where you can you know you know well even if it is a bit slower next month then i can probably scrounge up some work if i need to well but yeah, yeah i've said on, the, on this show probably many times i was gonna say more than once but probably many times um if things aren't going well don't just take anything yeah um, and you know that applies at any time and it's a lot easier when there's when you've got stuff and you're thinking, can I fit this in? And you're right. If it, if you're thinking, hmm, not so sure about this. Uh, this feels like free consulting or whatever. Um, mm. Then it's much easier to walk away. But you should do that anytime. Yeah, you really should, mm. because because it, it just otherwise you spend all this time working on low paid, you know, substandard work where you could actually be selling yourself and marketing yourself and. But that depends. See, not everybody has got a process for doing that kind of stuff, I guess, which is where maybe I'm a bit unique. Anyway, it's been an mm. interesting week is all I'm saying. Yeah, very <laughs> busy. As am I, I'm very busy too, but I've got because I'm prepping for a workshop tomorrow or presentation more. <sighs> so it's like, oh, just taking over my yeah. life. I know but, they do, you know, don't they? It's done now. Well, the presentation's done. It's created. Prepared. I've got, I've got to give it. Yeah, right. well, that's the easy bit. I always think in comparison yeah, to bad. making it, it. It's only a re- yes, exactly. It's taken me. I thought I'll, I'll get that done in a day. Mm-mm. No, no, <laughs> and uh, no. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's and it's not a huge amount of people. It's about fifteen, twenty people. So that that'll be nice. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's mm, yeah, that's kind of that in between size, isn't it? Of like. Sorry, not to undermine you or not or anything, and you undermine your confidence. But I always feel a group that size. It's kind of an awkward size because it's too big to do anything interactive as one big group. But I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm reporting yeah. on reviews. I'm telling them what. Oh, I've found. okay. Um, oh, so it's just to then, stand up and talk. Yeah, and but we'll then do some exercises afterwards if we've got time, kind of thing, which will be fine. Yeah, no, I'm right. not, not bothered about it at all. Yeah, other than it's like 120 slides, and I'll be kind of like, oh. I can't remember what I was talking about on slide 31. It'll pop up and I'll go... 120? Uh, I use 120 slides for a full-day workshop. It's maybe not quite that many, but it's a lot. I wanted to say 500 because I was exaggerating to make oh, the right. point. And then I thought... One I just, word I, on each slide. <laughs> kind of. Well, you know, little videos and things. So have a look at this. So... So, um, yeah, so today we're talking, as you pointed out rudely at the beginning of the show, we're talking it's, about being organised. so funny that I managed to get the joke in about being organised on you before... I know, right? Planned. Before you managed Yay. to get I inevitably come and so, have a dig so, at you. So I win. 1-0, end of match. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I'm happy to, for once, allow you the privilege of getting one over on me. The privilege, eh? Yeah. Very rarely happens, Marcus. You've got to enjoy it while you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm humouring the old person. Ah, <laughs> right. So we're talking about... <laughs> we're talking about... Hey, um, what did you say? Hey, <laughs> what? Speak up. Oh, uh, shut up. Carry on. Talk, what's it all yes, about, we're Paul? Ta- we're talking about being organised today. But actually, no, don't shut up. But Because before we get on to that... Mm. 
We've got your thought for the day. Oh, yes. Right. I shall dig into that. So, right. Mm. <clears throat> the title of this week's thought is What Do You Do With Opinionated Testers Slash Interviewees? And I've, I've actually been mulling this for a little while, and it might even turn into a blog post. You never know. But anyway, started <laughs> off. <laughs> Not a hope. But no, sometimes they do, if I really get a bee in my bonnet. Um, I wonder, is that, a, is that just an English saying, bee in my bonnet? I don't know. Um, I can remember going to a higher education conference, five, six, seven years, something like that, that was kicked off by the vice-chancellor, the kind of head of the institution, um, giving a keynote speech. And he was maybe my age, kind of early 50s, and had that kind of commanding bearing of someone who gets stuff done. Um, and I've been in this position loads of times at conferences, and it's usually a real treat. You, you, know, you, you don't get to be the head of a large institution like a Russell Group University without having something about you. So, um, you know, you can certainly give an entertaining presentation to a bunch of web geeks, we thought. Um, but this time it was entertaining for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he started off by telling us of his first experience of the experiences of the internet uh, back in the early 90s, back when the internet had a capital I. Um, and being around in the early days seemed to be a potentially good thing, I thought, and that he'd really know his stuff and would provide us with all this deep and insightful um, insights, I guess, uh, that can only be gained, you know, over many decades of being around and using the internet. Alas, no. Um, he was a user through a user through the 90s of old browsers and email clients and had to put up with all the nonsense that went on then and in the early 2000s he was paying attention to and wanted to improve his online experience trouble is he'd stopped paying attention probably about 2005 let's say <laughs> uh and he rolled... You, you were probably there, Paul. I was, um, I remember it. And he yeah. rolled out a lot of stuff about not making the user scroll and only having three clicks to content and making sure there were multiple columns of content. Um, you know, he was only considering the desktop experience. You know, he loathed large banner images, again, because they made him scroll. And he talked a lot about the fold. And there was, I think there was... Yeah, yeah. And he, he talked about kind of don't waste space with those annoying di designery gaps. You know, white space, basically. <laughs> So, I'm making some of this. Stuff. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's nice. I don't know. It, but, it was bad, but I'm not sure whether yeah, you've got it, all the I'm details making it more right. entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so why has this that experience, which you know, I, I, even I had to say something from the audience, and I never normally do. I leave that to the the kind of the, the HE people. Anyway, but so why has this come to mind now? Well, we've had with two different clients, two testers who've recently come back to us, who've peddled out the same old, very much in air quotes, informed answers, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure what to do about it. They're saying exactly the same thing. I, I want all the information on, on one page. You know, um, and, you know, and I don't like all this space and all this kind of thing. Basically, they feel like they, they know good answers to website usability, but it's all yeah. hugely out of date. So, if... A, if but you know they're still genuine concerns for them so if they're stating them like that can they be invalid uh <laughs> i don't know answers on a postcard please that's my thought that's a shit thought for the day there's no there's no <laughs> conclusion there's no advice it's just i'm stuck on this problem please help me yeah but, but yeah okay. absolutely well, it is quite a good question mine yeah i think i'll just ignore them 
But yeah. then I always presume I'm right anyway, so it, that... You, you kind of do, but it's like, because it's come back again, and it come back, comes back again, it's kind of like, well, we always talk about we need to educate people, but you can't educate everyone all the time. So no. therefore you have to deal with someone who hasn't been educated i think but then we the one thing this is where you kind of begin to reach the limitations of usability testing was this usability testing or interviews uh one of each right because i think as soon as people know they're observed right and they're being Mm. asked their opinions their behavior changes they start saying things because they think they should say Uh, them absolutely totally this is a case of oh oh, yes i've heard about internet problems usability stuff ding i'll go back into you know in my mind palace like sherlock holmes and find the thing i I heard 15 years ago and peddle it out again so i think really that's where you've got to rely on observational behavior you know that's where things like session recorders come in Mm. you know are people actually scrolling on the page um you know and if so how far are they scrolling that you know that kind of thing and it is true that people don't scroll very far on a page you know we say Mm. that you know Mm. we bang on about the fact oh the fold doesn't exist of course the fold doesn't exist there is no point um where there's a fold but Mm. it is true that you know people rarely reach the bottom of a page Mm. um or they or they skip to the bottom and kind of skip over the middle and all kinds of peculiar behavior so Mm. i don't think it's entirely an unvalid piece of feedback in a way no you know what i mean neither do i it's kind of like uh (laughs) yeah anyway it was it's a talking point yeah no and it's a good talking point and it's the right way and i think what what you what i would take away from that is look well it's not practical that we're not going to scroll but what it does mean is that the key pieces the top task key piece Mm. information calls to action need to be as high on the page as possible yeah (laughs) i didn't use the fold word but yeah as high as on the page as possible and we kind of knew that already Mm. you know yeah although even that's complicated somewhat because well, you don't want it high on the page and in the right-hand column because people don't reach the right-hand column. You're better having it slightly lower on the page. And, oh, it's just... it's Testing is the mm. only way of knowing. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. There you go. Good, good thought for the day. Right, so we're talking about organisational skills because, Ooh. you know, that's what we're supposed to be talking about today. So let's jump in and start off by looking at why we should improve our organizational skills i I said in the introduction right Mm. um the the bit i pre-record marcus you know uh, that we should get organized and that it's obvious well i'm not actually when i actually thought about that i'm not actually sure i'm convinced by my own uh, (laughs) propaganda um that's the second time i've done that this season gone "Mm, i'm not sure um (laughs) Uh, we kind of take it for granted that we should be more organised, have better organisational skills. Um, and I, 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 right, okay, let's. I think. What are you trying to a, say, Paul? What are you I trying think to there's say? a bit of a semantic difference here, right? There's a difference between we should all have better organisational skills and we should all be better organised, right? Um, I do okay. think we should all be better organised. But the question is why, right? <laughs> why Why are you being more organized in your life? If it's just to get more shit done, then I actually think it's a missed 
opportunity, right? I, as a, I don't know about you, but as a society, I think we are obsessed with doing as much as possible, right? It's all about efficiency and productivity. And, mm-hmm. But that I, I actually disagree with, right? Um, I would prefer to be lazier. Uh, um, and that's why I like to be organized <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, I yeah. can be lazier, you know? So I think we don't build enough downtime into our lives, right, to foster things like creativity and, uh, and just a better life, lifestyle value. So if the only reason you're, you're focusing on improving your organizational skills is to get more done and to be more productive, I think you're going down the wrong route. And to be honest, I think also you're probably um, massively undermining any motivation you might have for doing it because, yeah, I'm going to get more efficient so i can do more things you know it's not particularly inspiring is it really but if you can be more efficient so you only need to work four hours a day rather than eight then that's a lot more appealing you know yeah nicely put well i'd I'd like to think so (laughs) well you know Um, it's kind of because i'm not that organized as you know paul um yeah well well I, i kind of am and i'm not um i play it up for this show yeah but it's always been a case of I'll try, right, I'm going to try to organise myself more and then I just get bored of organising myself and just yeah. go Be- back to because where Because there's no, there's no real benefit to being organised if mm. all the benefit is that you can do more stuff. Um, yeah. You know, but I think if you're doing it so you could do more of the stuff you want to do or you could do... Um, uh, you know more creative stuff or have more time to think about things or to to um you know or more time to do nothing if you want to go play golf or go down the pub then that's worthwhile and actually i think there's an interesting point here for people managing teams right because team team leaders are always trying to encourage their staff to be more efficient right and to do more but then what's their motivation for that <laughs> right you know and so why would they bother anyway that's somewhat of a tangent well, I, suppose it it, if, if, I suppose if a team member is not pulling their weight maybe you yeah. can encourage them to be more efficient um realistic you know that would be a a, a sensible thing to do um maybe maybe but if yes. you're yeah, yeah so but, i think if, it is but if you're just yeah if you're just kind of doing your stuff in your standard kind of expected time scales then yeah i take your point very much i mean i always think back to um to um carsonified do you remember them the the yes. the, the company that they Ryan did a four Carson. day week didn't they yeah well they did i think it was well, four, and four, a half four and a half or something yeah. like that anyway they did a shorter week right um and uh, the thing that I said that came across from me, you know, I kept saying, yeah, do you really, do you, do you actually do a four day week? And I was very skeptical about it. And what I kept hearing back was, well, yeah, we do because you just have to work smarter, you know? And so you get the same amount done. You get five days worth a week done, but you get it done in the time of four days. And actually I found that's pretty much true. You know, if you work more efficiently, then you can do things like that. Of course, a lot of us aren't in the position to do that because we work in a, you know, in a full-time job, which mm. means that it's probably more about getting time to do the creative stuff you want to do or having more time to think strategically or whatever else. Mm. Right. 
Um, so, other reasons to get um, better at your organisational skills um, is, for me, I think if you're organised, right, and you're in control, it lowers stress levels. It always has for me. Um, and and, um, and also, it improves the quality of my output because I'm not rushing it. I've got time to consider and think about what I'm doing. Um, so, those are big things. I mean, that said... Although I've got very strong organisational skills, it doesn't mean I always use them. You know, um, I regularly, it, it's like an artist. You have to know how to paint properly before you can start being, you know, doing abstract stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, and if you've got that solid foundation of a set of organisational rules, then you can bunk off and do nothing or you can prevaricate over something because you've, got the structure you can fall back on when things get a bit tighter the lowering Um, stress thing is mm. what's appealing because what i think you mean by that is that you don't have to spend all your time thinking well must get that done oh and there's that and and there's Mm. that it you know you can just go and look at whatever it is you use to organize and go that's next that's next and everything's covered um, yes. So you're, and that's. I remember. I think it was Tony Blair used to have a person that organised his life so that he could be creative and didn't have to think. He didn't ever have to think about what's next. He was always told what was next. Yeah. Um, and I get that, but I think that's one of the reasons why I struggle with it because I'm not bothered by having to think. Oh, I've got to do that next and no. holding that stuff in my mind. Uh, and in I, which case, also, I don't think that's so a- one, one more point, Paul, Paul. I don't trust myself that I'd make sure I'd included everything. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> which is yeah it's, it's again it's about you you've got to be organized to use the organizational stuff yeah you do and i think i i do get that you need to have a system that you can utterly trust mm-hmm. um and if you can't utterly trust it then all you've done is added a layer of work in, yeah in getting organized um uh, and then you're not trusting it anyway, so you're just making yourself more stressed. You yeah, know? What, I, what I don't trust is me making sure yeah. I put everything in. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, you know, I, and you've got to go with your character as well. I mean, I, you know, you don't get stressed by holding that stuff in your head. So what's, what's the point? Mm. You know, you just got to kind of be what you are. Um, so, yes, I found it um, – actually, Claire's just said exactly the same thing as what I was about to say, say next, which is that actually she's saying since she's gone freelance um, and she's working less days, she, uh, she's working less days but smarter, right? Um, and she's found that um, way less stress than having a, a secure, permanent, full-time job – and, I, and she's saying that's weird. And I don't think it is weird. I think it's because you're in control, right? You can, you can decide how much you work, how much you don't work, all of those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, you can step it up if you need to. And, you know, but that whole thing about working smarter is a really, um, really worthwhile one, in my opinion. Um, so it makes me feel less stressed. It improves the quality of the stuff that I'm producing. It, back in, I think, if you're part of a team, I think you don't want to be that person in the team. Do you know what I mean? The one that nobody trusts to do anything, you know, because they're just not reliable enough and, you know, they're a bit flaky and you don't know whether you're going to get it or not. And so I think from a team building point of view being organized and efficient is a good team player skill to have 
But I also, and this is a really important one, I think it's an essential skill if you're a leader, right? If other people, um, you know, are, are reporting into you, you need to be that reliable, trustworthy rock, you know, that, that will always deliver on time, doesn't change the minds depending on what the weather is, all of that kind of stuff. Why are you grinning, That's Marcus? not true, though, is it? Because um, everyone has the story, you do, Paul Boag, about the nightmare boss that you've had oh, over yeah. the years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm saying what it should be, not what it is. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just so not the case half the time. I know, yeah. But that... But it absolutely sucks because the one thing you want from your leader, from your manager, whatever you want to call them, is you want a safe place. And if somebody is flaky and unpredictable and all over the place in the way they organize things, you don't feel safe in your role. You don't feel like you know where you're going and you can't build solid foundations without it. So I think if you've got any ambitions from the leadership side of things, then you definitely need to be stronger in your, um, in your organizational skills. Or just um, a great politician, thing, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't, don't even go there. Please don't. Uh, also, the, other, the thing that I really like about is if you're organized, you always know that you're working on the right thing. And I think that's a very big one as well. Um, because, you know, these days there are so many different things we can do in our role, so many different priorities that we can set. Um, and I think having a system to know what to work on um, and what is most important is really useful. So I, I don't think it matters what your role is. You need organizational skills. You might be a developer who needs an organization structure for their code and a consistency in the way that they work. That's organization. You might be a project manager, obviously needs project management skills. You might be a designer. I always think about Lee when I think about being unorganized and a designer, right? <laughs> Lee never names his layers in his Photoshop documents or his quite uh, uh, sketch documents and i don't know if that's the case nuts. anymore <laughs> is he a grown-up now that's kind of sad i think that's a bit sad if he does that because it was always his defining characteristic we will <laughs> <laughs> i suspect he'll he does listen so we'll find out yeah and and of course design systems are a great example of being organized and structuring the way you work and a market sorry i've needs... got to go back on that on that because lee listens Why? to us at twice speed so you reckon he might miss that? Well, just when we sound <laughs> like Pinky and Perky. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember him telling me that once. He said, he was, I was talking to him once at a pub or something, and he just looked at me and he said, and he got this silly grin on his face. And I said, What's, what are you grinning at? And he said, you just sound funny. And I said, what do you mean I sound funny? Well, I always listen to you on twice speed. Yeah, I sound really slow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, and then marketers, of course, things like sales funnels and email automation, all that kind of stuff. It's all about being organised, really. So that's why you should do it. We're going to look in a minute at at how to go about doing it. Before that, let's talk about a organisational tool. Um, because our sponsor is OmniFocus for iOS. And I promise you, I didn't pick this topic because of the sponsor. Um, so OmniFocus, if you don't know, is a professional to-do list manager that helps you um, accomplish more every day, right? They don't, they don't say be more productive, so that makes me happy. Um, 
and, and, and it's interesting that the list of benefits that they talk about are pretty much identical to what we've just been talking about. That if you, you know, using OmniFocus is going to lower your stress level because OmniFocus remembers everything you do. Better planning because OmniFocus is pla- makes planning and reviewing your tasks easy. You get more done because OmniFocus tells you what to do next without you having to think every time. Um, so it, it runs across iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch. There's a Mac app as well. It's got all the, the features you'd expect from actions, projects, flagging, due dates, batch editing. It's got tagging. So you can tag by anything you want. Tag by person, location, energy level. It's got a forecast view so you can see what's coming up over the next few days. It's got a flagged view um, in case you want to pin something and remember it and it's also got a great system for periodically reviewing your projects to make sure that nothing gets missed or slips out and that's a big one marcus for not missing stuff um mm. it's got some really good notification features um again which is really good for not missing stuff um and it syncs obviously across all these platforms so if you want to give it a go um you can find out more by going to omnifocus.com right so how do we improve our organizational skills? <sighs> but there's so much written on this subject, isn't there? It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it almost feels like, you know, what can we say in just a few minutes on a podcast? There are entire blogs and courses and you have to pay a lot of money to go and learn how to be organized better. And there are books and, you know, all the rest of it. Um, so what I want to share with you, I think is just a few of the top pieces of advice that work for me. I'm not saying they'll work for you because, as we know, everybody's different. And then I want to share with you one, two, three, three other systems that I have made use of over the years and then a couple that I've heard about but I haven't used. All right, so that's what we're going to do. So let's look at my top advice, right? My first piece of advice is have a decision-making structure, right? So what do I mean by that? Well, there are different things that we have to make decisions on fairly regularly, right? So things like which tasks to prioritize, which projects to prioritize, you know, things that come up a time and time again. Uh, And it's so much easier if you have um, a structure for making those decisions, right? Because it, it, it stops you agonizing over those decisions and going round and round and round in circles, right? Unless you're an incredibly decisive person, most people are going, mm, and, ah, and I don't know, and, you know, and then they talk to someone else and that tells them one person and then one thing and they talk to another person and that tells them another. And just have a structure for making decisions. So, for example, I, I developed a, a structure that a lot of organizations use now called digital triage, which is a way of prioritizing the projects that you work on, right? And knowing how to, you know, instead of it being on a first come, first serve, or whoever shouts the loudest, or whoever's project is most urgent, you have a system for doing it instead. There's also a system I'm going to share with you in a minute for, for decide, time management, deciding where you should be pr- uh, focusing your tasks, etc. So get yourself a system. If you want to know more about digital triage, by the way, check out the show notes because that's one of the the things that I will share in the show notes at the end. Um, Second is have a process, again, for common tasks, right? If there's certain things that you're doing all of the time, 
have a process for doing them. So, for example, I have a process for blogging, right? That I will write it from beginning to end without thinking, without editing, without doing anything. Then I will run it through Grammarly um, to correct all my grammar mistakes and spell checking and that kind of stuff. Then I get my computer to read it out loud, right? To make sure I haven't made any mistakes. And then finally, I go through it, adding images, headings, and that kind of stuff before I publish. And I always go through the same process every single time so that I can be sure that the quality of output is going to be approximately the same every time. But most importantly, the more you use a process like that, the faster and more efficient you get at it. Right, so you can churn these things out quickly. People constantly say, how do I manage to produce as much content as I do? That's how. I have a process. I have a process for collecting ideas for blog posts. Right. So that's another piece of advice. Um, take time to, to learn and establish shortcuts. Right. Oh, this is one I wish I'd... I'd... I wish I'd started this years ago, but I don't. Yeah. I, I, I reinvent the wheel a lot. Yeah. But, you know, hey. <laughs> exactly. And it, but, I mean, for example, let's take email, for example. I get certain emails all the time. Can I be a guest on the podcast? Here's a piece of content. Please check it out. Here's, um, I'd love to, to write a guest post for Boag World. Um, uh, we've, I've got to send mentorship emails out at the end of every month telling people how many hours they've got left. Or, you know, there's a whole plethora of emails that I'm sending essentially the same email every time. So I set it up in my email client, which is Spark, um, so that I've got a template. I can just drop it in. Um, fill in the gaps which it highlights nicely for me and off it goes and that's you know and I save so much time for that but even like like a design system is an example of a shortcut basically instead mm. of writing code from scratch every time you're using a design system just keyboard shortcuts is a design is a is a shortcut system to save you time there are loads proposals are another great one i use um a tool called quiller i really ought to make a note of all these tools i keep mentioning to include in the show notes aren't i um so i use a i write my proposals with a tool called quiller.com q w i l r.com um and the reason that i love that so much is because um you can save uh chunks of content out um, into you know, as like templates that you can reuse. So every time you do like a bio or something like that, you can just dr drop it directly in without having to rewrite it. You do that kind of stuff, Marcus. You've got reusable stuff you do you use all there. the time. But the mm. uh, but the the database is my brain. Yeah. Okay. And I have Fair to enough. remember. Oh, I wrote something good for that proposal. Blah blah blah. And yeah, and it's it's pretty good but wouldn't it be nice if it was all tagged yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and you didn't have to search through your file structure but trying to remember which doing that, client it was 20 years of proposals no, yeah no i tell you what if it's any consolation right i'm very good at some areas the one area i'm really bad at is presentations I've got hundreds of presentations with slightly different variations of mm. slide decks. And, and you just think, if I just organized that, it'd be so powerful. I could put a presentation together in no time. I've got, and I should. I should well, talking about being, being, being organized, I do have a, a, kind of, a kind of sort of general things to do Trello board. 
which is it's right. not it's not a kind of you must get this done stuff it's just you know be nice to do type stuff and organize and tag or categorize or split up proposals into kind of bits so i can pull them out has been at the top of the list for well, probably 10 years as a ah. task for me to do but it's, yeah. I'm just, it's just too big it's too big a task it would take me another 10 years to do i'm joking you know i'm exaggerating to make the yeah. point but it would just yes it would be a great thing to have it's a bit like actually i'm going to go off on a tangent here i look at oh, the sorry. large pile of paper that i have just off screen to the right here which is my filing system and it's about ooh, two feet high at the moment. Uh, and um, and it's sat on top of a filing cabinet. And once, <laughs> once a year, I go through and half of it will get thrown in the bin because it's stuff that mm-hmm. I thought was important isn't. The rest of it will get put into the filing cabinet. But I don't, I don't ever have to kind of fret. Oh, where does that one go? Put that in there. Because I reckon I look in that pile for something ooh, once every six months. So mm. I worked out that actually it's more efficient just to have a big pile and, yeah. and just go through once a year. If I needed to get in that stuff once a week, then that's different. But it's yeah. just, yeah, you know, you've got to have the right system for you. And, you know, it would just take so long to sort out all the proposals. It just isn't worth doing. Well, the, I don't, I, I'm going to disagree with you over both of the points that you've made there subtly. <laughs> I do agree with what you're saying about the pile. The way I deal with that, right, because I'm exactly the same. You, we, our lives are full of bits of paper we don't know what to do with, isn't it, basically? Yep. So I have a scanner, right? I drop it in the scanner. It goes through the scanner into an Evernote, and then I bin it. Yeah. And now it's searchable, right? And mm-hmm. taggable if I want. I never bother tag- tagging it because I can just search it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So there are ways of doing it where it doesn't need to be a lot of work. But you are right that the amount of work you put into organising it has to be proportional to the amount of data and feet you get out of it. Otherwise, what's the bloody point? Yes. But going back to your thing with the proposals, I know exactly what you mean because it's the same problem I'm facing with my my um, presentations. The way that I'm solving it is to just start doing it from now, mm. right? So every proposal you create, you're going to go back through all your old stuff to find that good bit. Now mm-hmm. take that good bit and put it somewhere. So that's, next time you know where it is. That's a good point because I mean, I've always sort of thought, well, but then you're only going to be looking at the stuff you've done recently, but you're not. It, it, it's just sort of for the next couple of years, maybe, maybe even three or four years, then I'm still going to have to be thinking back to the old ones. But eventually. Yeah, yeah eventually go. it'll stop. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, lovely thought. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So um, the other the other thing, piece of advice I wanted to give is have a place for everything, right? Know where stuff is. I don't care where that is and how you want to organize. If it's a pile on top of your filing cabinet, that's absolutely fine, right? You know that that kind of content is going to be in that pile, right? Correct. Yes. But a lot of people spread stuff everywhere, right? Tasks are a really great idea. Where do you look for tasks? Well, it might be on the post-it notes stuck around my screen, or it might be in my notebook, or it might be in an email, or it might be in one of the bits of paper on the filing cabinet, or it might be, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Tasks should have a single source of truth, whether it be your Trello board, whether it be omnifocus, whatever. You have one place where all of that stuff goes, and that is probably one of the biggest mistakes I see people making, and I can tell from Marcus's face that he is guilty of this one little bit yeah my my most of the time i've just got um 
I'm a bit of a, a notebook fiend. I love notebooks. Mm. Um, so nice uh, A5 notebook. I'll just kind of update tasks as I'm going along in that. I do have the Trello board as well, but, but that's more just sort of more random stuff. But the problem is with the notebook is if there's a bit of A4 sat on top of it and someone's on the phone, I'll write, write a bit that. of A4 instead of yeah. the notebook. So, yes, yeah, so I'm not too bad, but, yeah, that does happen. Notebook, I really, I understand people liking the tactile nature mm. of notebooks. I totally get it. Um, I don't have that, but I can understand people having it and liking it, and that's fine. Mm. Um, and to be honest, the only reason I don't have it is because I cut the tendon in my thumb years ago, oh, and yeah. handwriting is painful for me. Um, but the... The only disadvantage to it is you can't search it. Correct. I, I, I well, you Katie, can. You can use your eyes and you can flick yeah, through. It, all right. <laughs> Katie Gillingham um, is a friend of mine who has just started becoming a freelancer, um, freelance writer, right? Yeah. So she's doing freelance copywriting. If you want a copywriter, get in touch with me because she's brilliant. But anyway, she was around yesterday and she has got amazing notebook. It's beautiful. And, and you know, also she just, her handwriting is incredible. Um, and I asked her for a password and she was sitting there flipping backwards and forwards through this notebook. And sure enough, it was in there, but she couldn't find it. Right. I, I don't understand why more people don't just take photographs of their notebook at the end of the day and put it into something like Evernote, which will look at, mm. you know, which will, will do OCR on it and allow you to actually search on that content. That's yeah. the thing yeah. I don't get. Yeah, well, it's laziness, I suppose. But the password shouldn't be written down in your notebook anyway. They should be in no, one password sorry. or something like that. Yeah. Yes, they should. But uh, one, one, she, she's got quite a lot on her plate. You know what it's like when you first start your own yeah. business. It's chaos, isn't it? So I let her off of that. Okay. Um, yes, so you need a single source for all of your tasks, a place where all that stuff keeps, have everything in its place. And then, of course, there's the obvious things like minimize distractions. You know, I, I'm quite happy... If people want to goof off for a bit, absolutely fine. But do that in a structured way. You know, I'm not saying, no, never look at social media. If you want to look at social media and you enjoy that, then that's fine. But it's notifications and continual interruptions that I've got a problem with. Slack notifications that bing at you all the time. <laughs> and email is another great example. You know, you, uh, Marcus, I know what you're going to say, but you're a salesperson. Your job is sitting in e email, you know, and the nature of what you do is, is that. So it's a little bit different. But for a lot of people, I think, you know, just breaking up the email and only looking at it three times a day is probably quite a good time thing. Yes. Right. That's my advice. I just wanted to mention um, three different other methodologies that people often use. Or well, these are the ones that I use, these three. Or oh, I use kind of, I bastardize them and ruin them like one does. <laughs> the first one uh, is a really good one for what Marcus was saying about he's had that thing at the top of his list for ages and never got around to doing it. Um, so uh, that's um, uh, the four quadrants of time management. It's basically a box divided into quadrants. And it's based on a thing that Eisenhower used to do when he was president to work out what you should be doing. And each box, the four boxes are important and urgent. So things like crises and emergencies. Mm -hmm. Important but not urgent. Preserve, preserve, <laughs> prevention, <laughs> planning and improvement. And then important but um, uh, uh, not important but urgent. 
which is interruptions and busy work, and then not important and not urgent, which is time wasters, right? And it's amazing how much time we spend dealing with um, not important but urgent, interruptions, busy work, and then also how poor we are at important but not urgent, like mm. organizing your proposals, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you're interested, it's a really simple methodology that you can use just to work out, you know, what order you should be doing tasks in. Um, it's called the four quadrants of time management. I'll put a link in the show notes to that one. That's a nice basic one you can get your teeth into. Another one that is a bit more complicated, um, but was a life changer for me, and I've mentioned it before, was Getting Things Done by David Allen, right? It's a book called Getting Things Done. Um, and that's kind of organized into different levels, right? He talks about different altitudes, right? At the kind of everyday base level, it helps you organize your current tasks, you know, current actions, things that you need to do next. Then it's all, all of those current actions are organized into projects, right? Though nothing revolutionary so far. Those projects are then organized into areas of responsibility like home, work, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Then all of that is, is organized into like your one to two year goals, right? And then those are organized into your longer term goals. And then all of that is structured within your life goals, what you want to achieve with your life. What so if you, you look what at if my... you don't know? Then, then that's okay, right okay. um you all you're doing is you're setting uh you mean your things like your life goals yeah i mean i suppose you can be kind of vague yeah well you i mean mine are fairly vague they're not you know they're not i want to be president by the time i'm 57 <laughs> um you know it's things like if 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 you want my, all of my projects and tasks are organized into i will tell you he's opening his task organizer now to remember um, they're organized into family is my number one life priority. So that gets put before anything else. And it appears first in my task list, anything related to family. Then my personal well-being, right? Then my client work. Then non-client work. Then experiencing more in life. Then improving my social life. And then finally chores, Right. Chores, and just chores. by having all of my projects organized into those buckets, it means that I can look at something and go, well, I really should be prioritizing family over spending another hour in the office. You know, mm. that yeah. kind of methodology. OK, so that's getting things done. There's a lot more to it, but I won't bore you with it. But it's worth checking out. In my opinion, for me, it was a life changer, but I understand it's not for everybody. Then the next one is a really, really simple one that I recommend for anybody. And that's called the Pomodoro technique. If you haven't already heard of that, I'm quite surprised. It's basically the idea of breaking um, things that you don't want to do down into manageable 25 minute um, sittings. Um, and in that 25 minutes, which is called a Pomodoro sprint, you do just that without any interruptions whatsoever. Um, and you, you know, if you've got a task, you estimate how many Pomodoro sprints you think it's going to be. Um, and then you do your Pomodoro sprint and you're done, 
right? That's the basic um, uh, principle. Some people take it a bit further. Apparently, you're supposed to, for each sprint, you're supposed to recap what you've done in previous sprints, do the work, and then review what work you've done. I'm, no, I'm rubbish at doing that kind of stuff. But that basic principle of spending 25 minutes and then having a break, 25 minutes and then having a break, only a five-minute break, works really well. It's brilliant for starting stuff you really don't want to do because you say, I'll just do one sprint. <laughs> I'll just do 25 minutes. And almost always, when you get to the end of that 25 minutes, you go, oh, I'll keep going. Yeah. Right? Because so, it's the starting that's hard. So, yeah, Pomodoro is brilliant. There's a couple of other systems that I haven't used, but you might want to check out. There's one called Zen to Done. Um, and the premises of this is that actually the big barrier to getting stuff done isn't um, about the the um, system you use or the tools you have. It's about creating new habits, forming new habits. Um, and, and so that's what this whole tool is about. It's about establishing new working habits in your life, which I totally agree with that principle. You know, um, the hardest thing is establishing a habit. Once you've got the habit, then it's easy to keep going. And the last one is is one actually inspired by Jerry Seinfeld. Really? Um, <laughs> called, um, yeah, Don't Break the tra- Chain. And it's all about um, creating uh, or getting success in kind of creative stuff. And it helps people in creative occupations become more systematic and disciplined in the way that you accomplish tasks. So it's something that would probably be very well suited to a designer, for example. Okay. So, yeah. There's a bit of advice to get you started on, on all of that. Let's talk about our second sponsor, and then I'll just share with you a few resources that you might want to check out that will be in the show notes. Our second sponsor is Getting Content. Um, oh, no, get, sorry, no, Gather Content. No, it's called <laughs> Gather Content. Um, and the reason I'm saying Getting Content is because one of the, the biggest... <laughs> organizational headaches is getting content isn't it is mm. bringing it together for a website every every time a, a client says to me um how long is it going to take to deliver your website my answer is how long is it going to take you to deliver the content because without fail the content is always the thing that holds up projects right it's it's incredible yep. Um, you know, people are worried about you delivering your bit, but it's the content that will get you every time. It's a huge organizational challenge and not just about gathering the content, but organizing it and structuring it logically, creating efficient workflows for creating and managing content over a long, you know, the long term and ensuring things like compliance and quality and all of those kinds of things. So you really need a good solid tool that's going to help you do all of that. Um, and that's where gather content comes uh, in. You know, it not only helps you facilitate uh, the creation of great content, it also helps you with the processes of managing that content. It's a content operations platform to help you produce efficient, effective content at scale. Um, customers use their, that platform to manage their people, their processes, anything around producing effective content um, uh, to help meet their user needs and business goals. So you can find out more about them by going to gathercontent.com. Okay, so let's wrap this baby up. I promised you a lot of resources. Um, they'll all be in the show notes as normal. Um, so uh, just check out what we on season 24, episode 7. And you'll find all of that stuff. It's under the podcast section on the Boagwa website. The resources I'm going to share with you is a link that tells you more about those four quadrants of time management. 
we're, I'll include um, a, a, a link actually from one of our previous sponsors. I just kind of stumbled across it from uh, or our upcoming sponsor. I think they are. I don't know. Team Gant. Is that no, we a haven't bell had yet? them. Nope. Oh, it must be an upcoming one then. Um, they wrote a great article on the four best productivity systems in the world. So check that out. Um, then I'll, I'll link to Getting Things Done by David Allen, his book, and the book on um, Zen to Done. Um, I'll also link to that article about digital um, triage, which is called How to End the Pain of Shifting Project Priorities. And I'll throw in some links to things like Trello, Spark, uh, Quilla, things like that as well. All right, so it is worth checking out the show notes. I know it takes a lot of effort to go to a website. It's so 1990s, but there you go. If you want that information, it's there. Marcus, do you have a joke? This is a joke from Headscape's own Ian Luckraft. Okay. Hello, Ian. He will be listening. Uh, Right, here we go. It's a five-minute walk from my house to the pub. It's a 35-minute walk from the pub to my house. The difference... (laughs) Is staggering. <laughs> Actually, I really like that one. That was a good joke. I approve. Thank you, Ian. I thought, I, yeah. Are we going to have a Christmas do this year? I haven't seen everybody for ages. Uh, yeah, I haven't organised it. People keep saying to me, you so what are we doing? What are we doing? So I've kind of, in Don't... my mind, it's already moved into January. But that's nice. You know, it's nice that's to have something right. to look forward to. Yeah. That's I'm fine with that. I'd just like to see everybody again. I was talking about Lee earlier, and it made me think, oh, I haven't yeah. spoken to him for ages. Anyway, nobody cares about that. All right, I think that about wraps up today's show. This was a short one. I was efficient and organised. That's what it was. It's not coming short. 55 minutes? That's pretty normal, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, give or take a few minutes. Um, so there you go. That's today's show. Thank you very much for listening. Next time... <laughs> I'm quite nervous because we're going to be talking about search engine optimization, oh, and God. somewhere along the line, I managed to get myself. Mm. I, get, I got myself in trouble once upon a time about SEO, and it's haunted me for the rest of my life. <laughs> but that is what we're going to talk about because I'm going to say everybody needs to know a little bit about SEO. So there you go. Thank you very much for listening, and join us again next week. But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>